0: Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the Gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about what it's like to prepare messages when life gets very difficult. And we discuss this week's message in our series entitled, Unreasonable Joy. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Back in the armchair with Pastor John. Hello, everybody. It's a couple weeks absence. I'm glad you're back, John.
1: Thank you. What what number are we at uh, right now? What, oh, we're uh, in the 120s now.
0: 120s. This is like All 123. Right. This might be 120. This might be 123 right now. Um, yeah, glad to have you back. We're going to have a couple weeks off because I'm going to be gone. Uh, starting this Friday so we'll be gone for a couple weeks heading to Alaska for a couple for about seven days but we'll be three days in Seattle so
1: those of you who are listening right now should know that uh, both Pastor Zach and uh, Julie and, and and then seal and I are both taking a similar trip because yeah. you're not together um, yeah. you guys are going later, going later in the summer are going later in summer you and Julie yeah. are going uh, next week and, yep. and then Seal and I are going at the end of August
0: yeah we're taking the kids and we're going to do Seattle for a little while and then go to Alaska so there won't be any armchair preaching for those two weeks um, so we'll have a rotation of, of preachers in mm-hmm. places you'll be here um, for those two weeks yep. but you'll have to, obviously can't Can't physically be in two places at once. That's awfully hard. That's a trick to do. We've Um, done
1: it here before. We've had one preacher both services, but it's a it's everything has to be twisted up and yes,
0: and it does feel awkward in whatever service gets really rearranged, which has
1: usually been the vine.
0: Yeah, and and it gets awkward even in the service that's not rearranged because there's a tendency in the preacher to know that they've got to move, they got to get someplace, or they're or they're out of the flow of yeah. whatever that service either they're coming in late so they haven't been in the flow of this and you and I both know we've talked about this how important the the planning of the service around the preaching yeah. is
1: the the rest of the service is the uh, I love the image and I if it was you or Paul or whoever said it was the in our evangelical tradition as in the theological evangelical mm-hmm. tra- tradition of the church the liturgy around the sermon is the megaphone
0: yeah it was yeah. that
1: image of the megaphone it's the megaphone to help amplify the yeah. centrality of the word
0: and we do that I I feel like we probably do that as well as any any church yeah, um, I think so too. in both of our services so
1: and that's a credit to i mean to the planning teams, mm-hmm. in particular, to Paul on the on the classic, classic side. side, and Jennifer and Mom. her work on the mm-hmm. other side. You and I are obviously involved in all of that, yeah. but credit to both of those, Jennifer and to Paul.
0: But it helps when, the, and that's what makes it so much, so important when when we as preachers can be in the service throughout the service. Um, because you, you you've done it before, I've done it before. Something you'll hear something in the service, you'll hear something in a prayer or in a hymn or in a song that adjusts even in the moment. Yes, how how you you approach the uh, the sermon, yeah. right? And so, anyway, and, and all just, I just say yeah. we're having some guest preachers the next couple that's of it, weeks, <laughs> but this week we were um, in the second to last, uh, second to last. The series has
1: gone by quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, it has. And, and, uh, you know, obviously, such an important book of the Bible, the book of Philippians, um, one of the things we've had, I don't know, people probably come up and talk to you about this, too, that this book of the Bible is their favorite book of the Bible. I've heard that a couple of different times from people, um, which I understand that, you know, whenever you're talking about joy pretty consistently, that
1: does – Kind
0: of attract people to.
1: What I like is re- the ones who who say that they like it because of the theme of joy, and they understand that the context of that joy is the kind of joy that doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know they really they really immerse themselves yeah. in the in this book of the Bible. So
0: one of the things that you mentioned in your message this week is you know you're coming into this sermon um, after a particularly trying time. Yeah. Your mother passed away uh, two weeks ago to today, today yeah. um, as of the recording. This is Tuesday the twentieth. Um, so you were coming back. Last week, having to prepare a message after the fact. So, I want to just ask a little bit, talk to you, and, and we've both been in situations that, you know, we, we've we had difficult seasons. We've had a difficult, uh, something has happened in the course of the week, but we still, Sunday still comes, right? Um, so, what is it like for you when you are in the middle of a particularly... Uh, Difficult, either season or difficult, uh, particular, just an incident or situation, and then how how does that affect both the preparation and the delivery of that? And how much of the and and I'll say this, how much of that do you bring into the message this this week? You talked about it and how yeah. how pertinent the passage of scripture in Philippians four was um, coming yeah. off this, but yeah. but what what how's your experience been with with that?
1: Well, I, I guess I start by saying that I'm I'm glad that I don't have a a uh, long list of yeah. examples of what this has been like for me in the 25 years that I've been, been a pastor So the, which is to say that the difficulties that I the personal difficulties you're asking about the personal yeah. difficulties and challenges and hardships and crises and, and sorrows how do we come in how do we prepare and how do we, How does that affect us as, as we preach and I'm glad to say I don't have a long list of things that would go into that yeah. I do think about a time where uh, you know we did this a couple of years ago we did this expect the unexpected series yeah and that theme of expected the unexpected because you would certainly see that it was the, it was the advent Christmas yeah. message because you certainly see that is one that I had done before that just we didn't do the same texts or the same sermons but the title of it the idea of it yeah. but in that first time that I had done it in a previous church I was going through a family crisis mm. that I did not see coming yeah. and it was. Uh, um, and it was it was me coming out of that, coming away in the middle of that. I had planned it two months prior, and then a few weeks prior, this thing happened. Yeah. And I'm like, look at that, God. Mm. Here I, you're asking me to be a faithful minister of the Word, to talk about how God will sometimes do things that we don't see coming, and yet in the middle of those things that we don't see coming, yeah. He will be at work doing amazing things. And you're, you're, you're making me preach this message that I need for myself yeah. right now. Mm. So that was really a, a, a pretty um, cool uh, moment, and and uh, I mean, uh, and, but I will tell you that, this, that what we've just gone through. Mm. Um, those of you who have lost a parent, those of you who lost your second parent, those of you who lost a mom, those of you who are sons who have lost your mom. Uh, I, you know, Mike Loudon was great. I I texted him about this and I knew what had happened, or he had found out. He texted me, and I thanked him in my response to him, and I said, Mike, this. Pardon the language here, but I said this really sucks because mm-hmm. you know just. And he goes, and his response was great. He said, "Nobody loves you like your mama loves you." Mm-hmm. I thought, like, "Yes, that's what we're that's what we're feeling." So mm-hmm. all that feeling, mm-hmm. all that that emotion uh, was we. You know, I, I don't. If, if you would ask, if I would have been on duty that weekend, mm-hmm. I would not have functioned. Yeah, I would not been been able to function. Mm-hmm. But with enough, with a week's time, yeah. You know, I had enough time to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, I had enough time, and we also buried Mom yeah. during that time. And you know, as you know, getting to the point of a funeral is um, there's a lot of emotional energy that yeah. goes on, and in the and in the, in the energy around the, the, the emotions around the funeral itself um, are are if they're done well, which I think we in this church do. Great, yeah. If you got, to, I mean, you want you, got, you don't want to do bad funerals. We do great funerals, yeah. And and uh, and they're very healing. They're yeah. very they're very cathartic. And so I've I've had I was dealing with all that. So there, you, it's the emotion of losing a mother with the hope because I had talked to mom a, a month before she died. Her faith was was strong. So the hope, the note, and security of knowing with her that her future, her eternal destiny was set. Yeah. Made me okay, made me confident in in that moment. And then as these things continue on, as grief goes, you just, there are moments where you just. It's not. It's you're not okay. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm still not okay in moments. So, so how do I function with all that to, to get to your question? Well, I mean, you may remember that we also had Joe Belshi. Doctor Joe Belshi's yeah. service was on Thursday, right yeah. after Mom's funeral on Sun Saturday. Yeah, and um, you know, it, again, there's there's something inside of us, and this is the part I think you and I would both resonate well with there's something inside of us knows that in that moment there's something bigger than is than me something bigger than our our circumstances and we get to tap into that yeah and we do it with all of our weaknesses we do it with all of our vulnerability but also with all also with all of our intellect and skill and heart and passion for the lord and we bring all that as best we can in the moment to to that and just for me this week i just felt like it was um it was a it was a it was it would it was useful in the proclamation moment yeah. to be able to pull that curtain back a little bit give a glimpse into what i had been going through uh, if only just think just to say say that but in the end to be able to say that what he what i had felt in that moment for what god was doing for me i know i sort of knew it in a different way before this moment i knew it could have just experientially, but yeah. I've lived this now, and I felt that 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 with God, and I wanted that to be an encouragement for everybody listening as well. Yeah. I, I just felt like that was a that was a it, it wasn't the purpose of it, but it ends up being a a tool for uh, maybe someone listening could, could find some hope and some comfort in it.
0: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: And if and if what I heard after the services that uh, were true, were that um, it was quite. Uh, cathartic for a lot of people today, this this week.
0: Yeah, because I think that's you know, especially this week with this with this particular passage of scripture, um, you know, it, it, it there is a sense in which you have to have some lived experience in in how to find the rejoicing in in the face of non joyful moments and right. and heart heartache moments. You know, I you know I think about my when my father in law passed away. Uh, it was sim- very similar, you know. He passed away, and then you know I, I had to preach the next Sunday because um, you know he he was gone, and we didn't have a preacher, and I was it. You know, I was preaching, and and I remember that that I I um, we were in a series, and I just I scrapped it. You know, I I scrapped it because yeah. the difference there too is that my father in law was also the pastor of the church, had been the pastor of the church, and you needed to
1: help the con- yeah. that congregation. Yeah, so, Process. I, yeah he, so
0: I yeah, so it was very much a a um you know, looking to Jesus, and and I remember preaching on the the, the John passage of of Jesus and Lazarus, and mm. and and the death of Lazarus and the resurrection of Lazarus, and but Jesus' emotional response in that, and what's okay, and and uh, but it's you know there there are a lot of moments um, even before we hit record, we're talking about f- literal storms, you know, we're talking about literal hurricanes, mm-hmm. and and how the, those um, affect us, and and those are more collect, you know, those are more collective in nature. Nature, you know, because it, those are the types of things everybody's yeah, going yeah, through. That yeah. um, there are other times where and, we...
1: and Tom dying too was more your your father in law yeah. dying too was that was a was smaller smaller yeah. version of it. Not the whole community, but the, the whole church community yeah. was was dealing with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and,
1: and and then you were dealing with it as an individual, and as you and Julie as a family, yeah, were dealing with that in a personal way.
0: Yeah, so. so it's I I think sometimes, and I wanted I was glad that I, I was. Glad that you mentioned what you what you know with your mom in in the the message this past Sunday because I think it helps people understand that you know we're preaching this, but we also have to to live it. You know, we have to actually practice these things ourselves. And it's not I think it's also helpful for people to say it's not like we wake up and everything's perfect and easy and and we never experience grief and we never experience mourning. And that you know you were you were able to say it's not. There are definitely difficult moments, right? And I think there's there might be a sense from some people that because we're preachers and because we're pastors and because we have education and because we, you know, we read the Bible for a living and you
1: know. Um, well, be, I, I will say this on that on that note. I have had um, I'll try to say this as broadly as possible without kind of tipping anybody's off to individuals, but I've had uh, one or two. Come to me with a, she's in glory. Isn't it not it great? And she's you know she there's nothing to worry about. She's in great shape and totally believe that as well. But the 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 subtext of the way that it was being said was then we shouldn't feel anything negative yeah. at all in, in this world. And I'm like it's been one of the worst moments of my life, man. Yeah. I, in fact, I had to I, I finally got to grieve my father yeah. and my mother, you know at the at the same time. And so it was a Highly emotional a time for me, so yes, I believe that she is. Sure. And, I, and I wanted to try to get that out there. And I think we both do that mm-hmm. ourselves. That yes, yes, we have the hope of heaven. Yes, we have great confidence in the future. Yes, we know what faith means for us. But, but also yes, we're devastated.
0: The lived experience is, and and, and the thing you know in the, you know in the scripture doesn't tell us not to grieve, right? We just <laughs>
1: grieve like. We don't grieve like people who have no hope, right? right?
0: I mean, that's what Paul says to the Thessalonians, right? He doesn't say don't grieve. He says, we "We don't grieve like ones that have no hope. We grieve differently. But there's still a grief. And and, and he tells the church in Corinth, I believe it's the church in Corinth, he tells, you know, mourn with those who mourn. And sometimes in our, I I, I get frustrated, I don't know if you do too, I get frustrated with some of those types of statements that, you know, that people, because again, they are
1: true, and I believe them, and we believe them.
0: Yeah, we believe them, but at the same
1: time, that's not mourning with those who mourn. You know, no. it's it's it's. I think in some ways, it's a it's it it's almost self revealing of that person's uh, discomfort with yeah. with uh, with real yeah. uh, hard and, and negative you know like uh, uh, negative emotions. Yeah, and um, that, I mean that's just that's just. But I but you know, when you're the one who is feeling those things and say, Look, it's not a sign of unfaithfulness to grieve no. your mother. No. It's not a sign of unfaithfulness to grieve your father in law. Yeah. You know, it's a it's it's a, it's a lived human condition to be in to be in, in um you know, I almost did this at the um, at the graveside for mom. It's the Isaiah 30 passage Though mm-hmm. the Lord give you the bread of adversity. Mm-hmm. Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity in the waters of affliction, yet mm-hmm. will your teacher not remain far off. Mm-hmm. But your eyes will see and your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And a few verses later it said, and you will have a song in the night as in a holy festival mm-hmm. and gladness of heart. That's the, that for me is the lived reality mm-hmm. of, of of, of people that you love, yeah. that you that 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 die. Is mm-hmm. that you know? It's it feels like the bread of adversity and the waters of affliction, mm-hmm. and yet the teacher is there, mm-hmm. and you're hearing his voice, and you do have the songs in the night, and mm-hmm. you do have the gladness of heart. Yeah, and I know this isn't a funeral-related uh, message today, or funeral-related uh, armchair preaching. We're talk, here to talk about the the, uh, the 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 Book of Philippians, but it's not apart from this either. It's not apart from. I mean, it, it fits perfectly into this idea sure. that Paul is in prison.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and and when and he was in prison when Paul and Silas when the when the Roman when the Philippian jailer you yeah know, about killed himself yeah. He was in prison then. Yeah, and how were they? They yeah. had been beaten. They're bloody, mm-hmm. and they're singing praises. Yeah,
0: well, and it's it's it is interesting, you know, because and I didn't put this in my sermon. This was a cutting room floor thing, but. Um, you know, part of the pa- the message this week is Philippians four eight. You know, and and you started with Philippians four eight. You know, the the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. That's a seven seven. Yeah,
1: um, I left eight, I left eight nine out. I, I love that you got that in. Yeah, because we, we skipped you know in the because this week is going to pick up on ten, so we yeah. actually left eight and nine out. So, yeah, and I I'm, picked it up a little I love bit. That.
0: I, I picked it up, but but in Philippians four seven, you know, the peace of God which uh, which surpasses or transcends all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus, and you started there. Um, the thing that's that I did not mention but is very relevant to our conversation right now is that is the way I end every funeral service that I participate in. Every fun- If I'm doing the benediction, that's in Philippians four seven. F- Philippians four seven, and now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ nice. Jesus. That's how I end every. And then, and oftentimes when I'm praying in hospital rooms with people, and nice. when I'm when I'm in hospice care with people or end of life situations, I, when I pray, I, I, I one of the insertions because to me it's such a powerful, powerful verse, and I love that you started there. And did uh, uh, some good, some some work to talk about the guarding, yeah. what that looks like. So I wonder if you pick up that image a little bit, and what what is it about that image that was that you so resonated with?
1: Well, maybe. maybe and you me, ended
0: with it too, because you're talking about your mom, and you ended with it, so you yeah. had this nice bookend, kind of sandwich yeah. or bookend yeah. of this. So what was it about that that really resonated with you?
1: Well, again, this was uh, this was backwards looking into what I've just been through, but um, I felt like that I had. I was a i think part of why that stood out to me as I was preparing for this message was that I had just lived that experience that mm. that there's something about what I was going through that i mean i was it was hard i mean that was a, it was a really hard thing to walk into the to coming into the church one two two weeks ago tuesday morning and just mm-hmm. getting in my car and going out and seeing your mother who's passed away and laying laying down in front of you and just sitting there with her for an hour and a half or so till they and, I, and just all the things that came came after that i felt like looking backwards on that i had lived that experience of god was um, god was was protecting my heart Mm-hmm. In my mind, from from places I could have gone, had that not been true, mm-hmm. I could have gone to anger. I could have gone to to abject, just un, not functioning uh, uh, well. I could have gone to um, any number of places. I could have gone to indifference. Mm-hmm. I know I could never do that, but I mean, you know, no, there's but, all, the, all the possibilities of yeah, where yeah, one yeah. could go. Yeah. There's lots of places where one could go, and when God protecting God protecting my heart, that really. It really stood out to me, and I think it was, I think that came in my questioning this text stage as you as you work through and say, "What is this? What are my questions about this verse? What are my mm-hmm. questions about this verse?" And like, like, and it was like, I got to verse seven, It's like, "Well, what does that mean?" Yeah, that God puts a guard. What does that look like? Yeah. What does that What does that mean to guard yeah. my heart and my mind? So that's just that. That's where that. And so I wanted to. to uh, to bring that out yeah, help, help people see that help them see because this is one of those it's also one of those verses that I that idea that it's just I just skip over it you know yeah. I see it and I you know guard kind of a you know, churchy way of saying something. Yeah. By the way, okay, now wait, what exactly is that? Yeah. Well, that was worth it for me because I, I've, I, I. Turns out I was experiencing the, yeah. that very thing.
0: Well, in the Greek, it literally is that that idea of a garrison or a fort filled with, filled with soldiers ready to take I on. I love the, that
1: you brought that out too. Yeah, it that wasn't.
0: It, I, that was one of those. Man, it, it, it was in the notes, and I was like, "Do I have time? Yeah, I'm going to throw it in there. I was not going to do it." it was it, the funny thing? So i say funny thing, but the the thing that is interesting about this particular week of messages, um, in in, in how you know in in the um, in the expression of them and the, the the presentation of them from your vantage point, my vantage point is, you know, we really are coming into two, and I, and so this is what I love about when we have two preachers because Paul is definitely telling the people to rejoice from from a place of uh, where he is experiencing a non rejoiced rejoicing yeah. moment. The Philippians are not experiencing a rejoicing moment. Um, you're you're walking through this with with um, the grief of your mother. In the classic service, um, and then
1: in Vine, you got all the VBS it's and like the, fireworks, the and, and, and yeah, you, and and you had the yeah the congregation singing a, a children's song at one yeah, point. That was great.
0: Yeah, so we yeah, so it was the challenge. The challenge here is like tying in the the VBS theme to the overall sermon series that we're in. And it wasn't really a challenge this year. This year, one of those years where it actually dovetailed. That seemed like a
1: really, this was a really connected VBS yeah. Sunday.
0: Well, and we had already planned the sermon series. So it wasn't like we had this, you know, we're trying to figure out what can we do and building out a series. But it, it, the, the the thing that, you know, the connecting point for me really comes with this idea of what he, what he says to the Philippian church in, in Philippians chapter 2 when he tells the people to be like lights in the in the in the night sky or lights in the it says lights in the world. Shine like the, stars
1: in the sky. Yeah, yeah.
0: In the in the in the English standard version it says lights in the world. But really it's lights in the night sky. It's the cosmos, and so the idea of stars. So it was a, a really easy kind of uh, dovetailing that, which is nice. But um, yeah, it, th- there is an extra level of
1: well. It was interesting that you needed to because there's so much joy in the room, overt joy in the room. The kids yeah. are singing. Everybody's just like, "That's amazing!" And, and, there's, so, and there's all these great, great moments. You, know, you you made sure to bring in those when you are in trouble or when mm-hmm. you when you need need help. You know, shine Jesus' light and all that. Mm-hmm and you made sure to um, to 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 make sure that the context of this 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 great passage rejoicing in the lord always um was was heard once again this yeah. is not there's no reason why you should have been joyful yeah. and we both did the thing with the uh, there's no reason if, if if the joy doesn't make sense the peace doesn't either no yeah yeah and and i wonder i want to ask unreasonable you unreasonable peace of thing and i love how you yeah. ended that with the uh the great exchange the great you know, exchange the, yeah his peace for 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 my worry, joy for.
0: So one of the things that, and I, this is one of those things I we can't we don't have time to really unpack it in a sermon, but you know we have all these these words that Paul uses in in the in the scripture, and sometimes sometimes it seems as though they're interchangeable or or they're related. But so I want to talk just from a theological we we'll get get up a little bit higher from a theological standpoint, things that we can't. We can't unpack in twenty-five or thirty minutes, so we have this this idea of the peace of God, which surpasses mm-hmm, all understanding. Mm-hmm. We have this thing at the beginning and, and throughout the book, which we talk he talk, or uh, the beginning of the chapter or the the beginning of this passage for about rejoicing, and throughout the book he talks about joy. You know, what do you see? And then he, the other one is this idea of hope. You know this this mm-hmm. thing of hope. What, what do you see as the the interplay and the connection? between all yeah. of those things Good you know push. as I, I was listening to your message and as i was as i was listening to your message i thought i started thinking about these are obviously not the same thing
1: yeah but Gentle, all, gentleness was the other one the, gentleness is the one that yeah. came up this week yeah. they're
0: not the same thing but they're not totally different either right I mean, they're related yeah, in yeah, some way, no, so I wonder right. how you think about it.
1: You I know, do think of them as as uh, as related, and I think the challenging part of this is that we have cultural meanings around all of these yeah, words. Yeah. So if I if you think of the word peace, for example, yeah. peace means the absence of conflict. To us, it means the absence of conflict or some sort of inner state of being that is sort of internal focus that our mm-hmm. ours our identity and our being is 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 at. At, is in a calm place, yeah, and I think the 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 thing that they all if I could put it kind of thread them all together, what they all have in common is that there's something that they, they have to be attached to the character of god yeah that that the peace even the, the, to begin with that one, the peace is not something that has to do first with our own inner sense of absence of conflict or calmness or what not. It begins with the fact that God has made peace with us. Mm-hmm. And God has given... To us, the capacity to have what is inside of God mm-hmm. inside of Him is this 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 place where he's completely self differentiated. There's nothing impinging upon Him, nothing demanding upon Him. So the sovereignty that has security in and of Himself built into it that has n- there's no c- conflict there. Yeah, and then somehow or another that that clearness of the sense of who one is it can can be ours mm-hmm. when we see that it's what God it's that character of God being brought into us. And the same thing with Joy and mm-hmm. rejoicing, the delight of God, mm-hmm. the delight of God in creating something and sin—that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's very good. That can be ours as well. But you know, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have a fight with our wife, or our conflicts at work, or anything yeah. like that, or find ourselves in a prison in in, in Rome or wherever. As mm-hmm. so it just—it just means that 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 character of God, which finds true delight in the existence mm-hmm. itself. Can be inside of us, yeah. and I think that's what's missing. And, and we always want to make it about joy—is everything's fine, and I'm happy, and I'm laughing, yeah. and I'm cutting it up with my friends, and yucking it up with my friends, and that it's really independent of God. So, yeah. I, 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 so and I think same thing with gentleness, and what were the other words? Uh,
0: well, yeah, you got hope and, and started all started going, of going it. to the fruit, of the yeah, fruit of the Spirit, which yeah. you could. I mean, right? I mean, I think I think it's it's so interesting, how, you know, how you put that because it's, again, and this is where we have a lot. We have a lot of hard work, I think, in the preaching moment. Um, because there is so much of this baggage, right? There is so much of this. What is when I when I say the word peace to a congregation yeah. who who is not getting down into the Greek and you know yeah. talking about that, who who is experiencing conflict in their marriage or conflict at work or conflict within themselves, you know, financial. And we say peace that there is this very subjective sort of thing that is planted yeah. in their mind. And and our, our role is constantly to keep throwing it back to the objective reality of God. And yet the objective reality of God is something that's made available to us that creates something in us that is that has a subjective. Quality yeah. to yeah. it, right? So it's,
1: and it, we and we don't guarantee that that's that's something in us that has a subjective quality is actually going to change the circumstances no, 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 that no, no, led no. to the anxiety. Yeah. But but what's pretty, what is pretty consistent though is that is that we may not be able to change the circumstances that we are seeing. But we can change the way we see our circumstances, and that shift alone is golden. Yeah, because that that, and I think that's what the, what the real thing is. It's sort of like another situation in my life where I was really distressed about a family thing, and I, my pastor buddies kept saying, "John, I think you're you're in that situation because God wants you to be in there to do this thing right here." And I said, "Don't turn this into a ministry for me. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> deal with to this, and be be upset with it right now." And they said, "No." So I think, and and it turns out they were right that that, yeah. that was that, there was. You know, it didn't change the circumstances what I'm saying, but it changed how I thought about the circumstance.
0: Yeah, I, I think um I think that's 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 a big again, that's a big uh a a challenge because you and I both know that there are denominations there are preachers out there who who talk about it from the standpoint of changing the circumstance right yeah that God's going to intervene and change your circumstance the problem with that is um, there's nothing in the scripture that promises that that promises that or even calls us to pray for the change yeah. in circumstance
1: doesn't deny that those that the change in the circumstances may well happen. Yeah, and and, uh, and and if it's the prayer of the heart, it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't deny the the uh, the authenticity of the prayer to relieve the the pain. And that's the, the Psalms of Lament and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just that as we pray those, even the Psalms of Lament, if you look at the Psalms of Lament, there wasn't the the quid pro quo uh, yeah. uh, mindset that I've prayed this now, God, now you owe me. Yeah, there was just like i prayed this, I got it off my chest. You're the one who can. Conf- figure all this out Lord I can't mm-hmm. I, I let it go now Yeah, that's what you see as the consistent refrain not the therefore it will change
0: yeah because there are times I mean even in this passage you know he says uh, do not be anxious about anything but At in everything that you with, that, you, you, with, I,
1: didn't, I didn't notice that until you brought that out the, the always, any, always anything everything there is a oh my gosh there's a superlative uh, you know kind of language in here it's like all the time everything every, well that's the crazy part
0: about Philippians I didn't realize until at, like, how often he does that, always, everything, anytime, you know, like, this is superlative language that I was taught, you never, you, I mean, yeah. you you never say never, right? It, it's yeah, like, yeah. You, there's no, here he is, but here these it. are commands, right? And they're over and over again. And, and he does say, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, take your prayers and supplications yeah. or prayers and petitions before God. Yeah. So God wants to hear those things. He wants to to hear us come to him just like we talked about in our prayer series earlier on. He wants to hear those things that we yeah. would like to change. Right. Doesn't mean they're going to change, but they might.
1: Right.
0: But then the other part that that caveat is that it's not just giving your laundry list of needs to the Lord which he wants yeah. but also doing it with thanksgiving yeah. um, which is a recognition of how God has already shown up um, because
1: that's a sign I didn't say this I wish I would have now that you're saying that but that that gratitude is a sign of the health of the relationship yeah. and what is the father, why does the father why would the father even want to have these kind of conversations with us um, because you know it's for the same reason that you delight in listening to Caleb
0: yeah Yeah,
1: he's your flesh and blood. You know, he matters to you, and you want to know whatever whatever his day's been like. Just talk to me, son. Even if he's just like kids sometimes do that they take two hours to tell one story that didn't have much of a point. He's still your son, and he's talking to you about her Hannah. You know, my children. Same thing. That they just the delight of the father. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: and 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 there's this this and we both touched on this idea of this this the prayer is a sign of trust, right? It's a sign of I know I can't do this on my own but I have a God who can do something about this and maybe that's something about it is cha- is changing the situation but maybe it's not but giving us this peace hmm. in the middle of this circumstance which is I, I, there's nothing short of a miracle. I, I, I said this in my sermon. I, I use the term miraculous, and, and I know people don't like to throw around that word. I don't throw around that word lightly, but I think that is pretty miraculous. And you and I both had these experiences where you're talking to someone who's going through a pretty dark, rough time, but but they've practiced this. They're they're doing what what Paul tells them in Philippians nine, which I didn't get. To, I, I I read it, but I didn't get to it. They're practicing the things that Paul is teaching right here. Um, and because they're practicing what is being taught right here they have this peace in the middle of the very tumultuous circumstance right. that they're
1: in which is not being in the middle of those circumstances is not is, is actually the worst time to try and figure all that out yeah You need to come to moments where you, you know, hopefully people who are listening to either one of these messages, yours or mine, are not in the thick of all these heartbreak-type moments so that they can be shaped and and taught and trained on these things so that when they do happen, then you're equipped, you're ready to handle it.
0: Well, I heard somebody say one time, you know, um, you're either in the middle of a crisis – or dark time you're coming out of a crisis or dark time
1: or you're getting ready to go into
0: a crisis or dark time. Now that period of time might be longer or shorter, but the times where you're exiting that period of time is the time where you try to think through and, and learn from what has just happened. Uh, so, and then when you're heading into it you're in a, a, a season, that's relatively You know, calm and smooth sailing, that you are in a moment of preparation for the next one. The next one. So that the next one doesn't feel as. Devastating devastating, or trying or, and you can tap into this yeah. peace of God. And I loved how you put it this, and, and this was in my notes, didn't make it into the sermon because there's a lot of other stuff going on, but that, the John 14, you know, where Jesus is saying, you know, my peace, I leave you. Um, I don't.
1: It's not, not even something the world can, can yeah, give you.
0: I don't give as the world gives. Yeah. Um, and And he's talking to them. Because he knows what they're about to go through, and you know he's prepping them for his own death, his own uh, his own arrest, his own death, his betrayal, and for what they're going to experience after he ascends, and he's by the, you know they're by themselves, and and uh, you know that that that's that's a powerful statement.
1: One of the things that you did was um, you did look at the. Um, the four through eight or eight through nine yeah, uh, uh, what you should think about the things yeah. positive things that you should think about and you spent some time uh, talking about the um you know what we consume mm-hmm. uh how that it, but it, it's what we, the line i like was that what we consume it, it will affect our emotions yeah if we consume a lot of negative types of things well it'll it'll affect us uh, negatively you know the, the whole survey on worry that you, mm-hmm. it, you were really yeah. of the hundred percent of the things that we worry about eight percent of them are legitimate things yeah and most of them are some other form some lesser forms of all that i just wonder if you could kind of unpack that a little bit and then the second thing i wanted to just, just on a different topic was it was father's day and i i only, I only only tuned into um, I watched uh, Marley and Jack, my, yeah. grand, two of my grandchildren, on stage. So yeah. I watched that briefly, and then I watched your your sermon. Yeah. So I didn't catch the whole service. How did they, How did Father's Day make it into the? Service? Well, we'll
0: talk about that first because the the Father's Day this is so interesting because Mother's Day and Father's Day are totally radically different things, right? And I, and I don't know what you did in ten thirty because there's in your sermon there was no mention of it.
1: Yeah, just a happy Father's Day. Yeah, the, happy during Father's the announcements. Day, yeah,
0: which was basically kind of. I mean, my sermon I kind of slipped in some little parenting kind of anecdote. About being a dad or whatnot. Uh but we said Happy Father's Day in the Welcome and the Greeting time with uh we actually had three we had we had three kids that helped with the liturgy. That was great. We had three kids that helped with the welcome and greeting time. And we had Mary Lee uh who was doing that that particular section say Happy Father's Day. And I think Jennifer said something as well, too. So that was basically the, the the end of it. And there have been years, and I know you've probably done this too, where you think you do a bigger thing about Father's Day and you look yeah, at the we comparative. Did, we did a
1: few years. You godly mothers yeah. on Mother's Day and godly fathers on Father's
0: exactly. Day. Exactly. So there are um, there are times where we make those connection points more clear than others. But I didn't really, I thought about how to like kind of twist or shoehorn things into it and decided it was a little bit too hard. It's too, too difficult. Not too
1: hard, just too too
0: twisty. It was, was going to distract from I think the yeah. The point of the service and this point of the message, which was a, there was a lot more cohesion between the VBS and and the message or the the passage of scripture. So I wanted to really highlight that. As far as the the worry part of it, you know the the thing that the thing that gets me um, in this the the whole conversation about about joy and peace, you know the, the we we've talked in this. Series about joy killers or joy thieves. You know, we, we've we've used those kinds I've used that language, and um, but but really, all of them can come down to that that concept of worry and anxiety, right? And and we are constantly under uh, stress and constantly under kind of uh, duress from various aspects of our lives, and, and yet you know, Paul is sitting in prison when he's writing this, and so I always have to go back to say, really, is what I'm going through more stressful than sitting at, chained up to a, a Roman imperial guard. Yeah. Uh, I doubt it. Um, is, is what I'm going through more stressful than – that's not to minimize our 21st century Western stress, but, but it is to put it in perspective. Hashtag first, first world problems. First world one percenter problems, right? Yeah. So, it's, it's not um, – you know so to, so, to me, it's like, well, why is it that we have this anxiety crisis? Right now, I and mean, we do. We have a massive anxiety crisis in our country, um, in the Western world specifically. And, and why is it that seemingly, no, we don't obviously don't have, we don't have the, we don't have the data on what people's stress levels were like in the first century, but it, it, it does. And I don't want to, I don't want to be painted in the enlightenment back to nature, you know, kind of Voltaire sort of brush, but, but there is something about the overabundance of stimuli that we have that I think plays a major part, especially amongst Christians, in our overall anxiety levels. And when Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, that's a really convicting passage for us, right? And and like I said in the message, and, and pastors, preachers will disagree with me on this. I do not believe this is me, based on what I read in Scripture. I do not believe, at the base level, anxiety and stress and worry are sins in and of themselves. Yeah, That's good.
1: That's good. Um, I've heard messages, it, it can't, but all the, you did say it can be a sin if it leads to distrusting God. Exactly, it can lead to that. Yeah.
0: I, I, and I, I'm, this is a famous preacher, so he's not probably going to hear this. John Piper has gone on record; he thinks stress and worry and anxiety are sins. I've, re, I've read sermons where he says that. I've heard sermons where he says that, and I'm like, oh, I just don't. You're going to have to explain to me what Jesus is going through in the Garden of Gethsemane, then, because mm-hmm. that looks pretty anxiety-ridden. But it's not; it does not lead to a distrust in the Father. It leads him to a greater, uh, a greater well, disposition I mean, of trust. What do you do with the
1: Psalm you know, Psalm 13? How long, O oh Lord? Exactly, exactly. Will you forget me forever? Yeah. Sounds pretty anxious and distressed to me. Exactly,
0: and and and. It's what do we as believers in Jesus Christ? What we cannot do, and I do believe, becomes a sin, is when we take that anxiety and just make it our own, and mm-hmm. we, we hoard that for ourselves. When God has called us to cast all our cares upon Him, because He cares for yeah. us, you know that is where it becomes. And when Paul says, "Don't be anxious about anything," he immediately follow, follows it up with what you do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you really mentioned and hit the the, the hard part about the, the prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, and the tie. And all this to say the tie-in for me between the end of that that verse um, in verse six to verse eight is that with Thanksgiving, right? So the the most difficult thing that it can that can happen when we are in stressful, anxiety-ridden periods is to be thankful. Hmm. So what is the tools that God has given us in the tool belt to, to be able to get to a place of no anxiety through Thanksgiving? And, and Paul does this list of of things in verse 8, and I'm thinking, this isn't like in a whole other book of the Bible. This is two verses away, and there is a connection. To me, there is a connection point in, okay, and, and it's also, and I didn't say this. I wish I did now, and I'm thinking about it. This is what he's been doing the entire book, right? He's been focused. Just,
1: on... just thinking about how, th- this is why Paul. By reading through and studying through and preaching through a book of the Bible is so useful,
0: so powerful. Because yeah. you
1: see the 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 progression of thought, mm. where ideas build upon ideas, and what it, what gets said in chapter four has the weight of chapter two and th- one, yeah. two, and three uh, behind it. Yeah. And, and and all all the eyes on Christ. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So, when he starts talking about whatever's true, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is commendable, if there's any, you know, he's done that, right? I mean, what is chapter two and the focus on Jesus and, and the, the, the descension of Jesus to earth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to death and then the ascension, but him thinking on the things of Christ in the middle of a prison cell? And for me, it's like, look, we, we – we have in our pockets and i've and i 'm saying this I'm just, just so every just full disclosure i 've got five screens in front of me right now um, <laughs> mm-hmm. we are inundated with a great deal of negative um, that 's true information, and some of it 's true, and some of it 's not true yeah. and some of it is true but unhelpful, and some of it is
1: so so just just a sidebar here on that very thought here, if you are prone to being a news junkie. Yeah. Watching 24 hours of whoever whichever your favorite news show is. You want to if you want to see your mental health improve, you want to see your anxiety level uh, reduce, turn it off. Turn it off. I mean, just turn it off. The news will come to you. You yeah. don't need to worry about that. It'll come to you.
0: Yeah, and 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 also just and 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 even being careful what we consume from an entertainment standpoint I mean, oh, yeah. we 've talked about that a lot of a lot, but and, and it 's not that that non christian well it's just turn on the Pax channel or whatever and that 's all you get to watch that 's not i mean some of that 's some of that 's not commendable or praiseworthy some of that Christian media stuff some of it is but it, but it 's also what are what are the things that are pointing us to Jesus Christ, what are the things that are pointing us to gratitude for the Father? And what are the things that are distracting us from that? And even the secular media that I that I that I that I consume personally, I'll tell you ninety-nine percent of it, I, I pretty much I can I am I am mining it for the truth of the gospel. Because I'm also trying to figure out what is it that that God has put in the heartbeat of these non Christians, because he's also created them, yeah. that is without them knowing it Un- unwittingly unwittingly giving christian him christian things yes, yeah yeah and uh but but you have to be very careful right you have to be very careful and yeah. that's that was to me why i really wanted to hit that so hard yeah. because i'm looking at a room of people who are you know they're stressed out they've got a lot of you know they got they've got they've obviously got most of them have a lot of children you know children which brings with it its own stress stress is just stress yeah. you know yeah. uh, white hair and, <laughs> yeah. and and things like that but it's uh
1: I gotta tell you Zach if, if we can if we as a society can figure this out what we're talking about right now how we manage our our, our wellness mm-hmm. in the middle of a of, of a of a society with with information overload yeah and um, and and the filters on that which we consume are 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 oftentimes minimal, if not if if, if, if they're at all, Yeah. Uh, because they come, even if we're not looking for them, they're just there, and they're in the back backdrop of, uh, they're in the conversations we hear around us, we're in the stories that are on television as we're just mindlessly flipping through. There, if we can figure out how to, to manage the information overload, the desensitization to the, to really the, um, to the things that are not lovely, and that are not, you know, uh, yeah. all admirable, and all these things that were in that eight and nine, if we can figure that, figure out how to make, that happen without being without disconnecting this is the danger without disconnecting from the world that we're called to reach. Yeah. And this is, because there is a, that's the balancing, a whole, that's a
0: balancing there a, act, right?
1: There is a, there is a response of a number of groups and sure. church that just pull away yeah. and just pretend like none of it's, none of it's real. And, and it then, doesn't
0: matter to you. Right? And it doesn't
1: matter. And the, the other, the other opposite and, and bad extreme is, is, is to immerse yourself and almost, and forget the gospel. Yeah. And forget the truth.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it is a, uh, you know, I think you and I are both pretty much in lockstep with this. It is, it is, it is, such a difficult thing, especially now. People say, well, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. I don't know, man. That seems pretty new. I, there, at no point in human history have have we had the,
1: hey, the, the when they were wrestling with the Copernican revolution and yeah. the, the shift of uh, of the the, the the way of thinking of that. Yeah. They also did not have at the same time all the the issues of society bombarding them because yeah. we with we, thousands of impressions per yeah. day.
0: And we we can know we can know about about human trafficking that's happening on, on the other side of the world in Thailand, for for example, and we. Should should know about things like that. At the same time, there's also, I mean, there, there, it becomes this overload thing, right? And and that's nothing to even say about the the the, the feelings of, of of comparative selfishness that bubble up when we scan through our social media feed and we see somebody having yeah. a having an awesome life and you know having having an awesome or at least a well
1: curated life that appears <laughs> exactly, to be an awesome life
0: exactly exactly so I mean it and it, it really comes down to a word that we don't like to use um, and I I used it on Sunday, but I know people don't like it. It's this word discipline, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's this this discipline about what we take in and what we consume. And uh I'll I'll shout this, I'll shout this out. Um, you know, Amanda Morgan, uh uh, wife of Brian Morgan, who preaches quite a bit in our in our services. He's on the preaching team. team. Amanda is a um trained school psychologist. And she and I were talking one day, this is several months ago, and um, And, uh, we're just talking about, you know, kids, you know, I was talking about my kids, she was talking about her kids and we're just talking about some of the other kids. I was, I was working with a lot of fourth and fifth graders at the time. And, uh, she, she talked to me about, um, and I'm seeing if I can pull up the, the, the actual, the actual, uh, thing. Yeah. So, um, she she mentioned to me this this TED talk, and I know we've <laughs> we have tongue in cheek <laughs> talked about TED talks here. But this is really interesting. She said that this guy, um, in this TED talk was talking about the the need to practice emotional um first aid, you know, to think about our emotional health the mm-hmm. same way we think about our physical health. And we don't do that, you know, we don't think about um our emotional health the same way we think about our physical health and so we think about we just consume 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 without you know me, you know the, the mental images and the reading and all that we take those things without thinking about the consequences but we do not do that when it comes to our physical health our physical health we're thinking about the vitamins we intake and the yeah, calories we'll, we'll, we intake we'll, we'll, and and i talked about we'll, the,
1: the we'll put restraints up and then ba- boundaries up around that yeah because we, easily
0: yeah i had to you know we go to the doctor and we get a kind of a hey your blood pressure is going up you know or your cholesterol is high or whatever and they put constraints and they'll say we'll eat this don't eat this take this vitamin take this supplement take and we'll do it because our physical health we do not think the same way about our our emotional health and, and our mental health mm-hmm. and and i think the emotional and the mental health is um Incredibly tied to our spiritual health because, you know, what does the well, book of Proverbs say? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? And that's, I think that's a big,
1: we'll big be, we'll which we're doing in Proverbs. Stay, stay yeah, tuned. That's right. right.
0: We're doing Proverbs. Well, right.
1: there, this reminds, this makes me think that there's a whole, there, there's a guy out in a church in New York who's done a whole, uh, theme around this very topic of the emotionally healthy pastor the emotionally mm-hmm. healthy christian and he's saying that god god has made us with emotions and you know presbyterians have historically been distrustful of the emotions especially when we have seen rightly so we, we've seen examples of the of the you know of of theological work being done that has been led by the emotions yeah um I think we need to shift it to say that the the, the emotions are involved in all of these things. Yeah. But we also need to be, just have a great great witness. But there's also been this shift within the the the, the, the church to say that we should distrust the, motion, the emotions at all times and yeah. just sort of almost ignore the emotions. And we can't do that either, which is yeah. what Peter Scazzare and, and has, has tried to get out in these emotionally healthy books. Yeah. And they may be, you know, if this resonates with folks and those listening, you can let us know if it resonates with you. Maybe that's a topic that we need to yeah. – to come to in this church is to offer some, uh, some, some courses on this.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's, a, I think it's a fair point because you know, our, uh, because of the, 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 epidemic of, of, uh, over anxiety and increasing and loneliness and things like that. Um, you know, I think this, Paul has a lot to say about this and, um, and it ties directly into, our understanding of joy, which and, and which really is seated in our understanding of the gospel yep. and how that gospel it affects our lives. But um, but you know it, it, we're about to close out this series.
1: Wow, we covered a, we got this is a big topic today. Yeah, we covered a we covered lot of ground today. A lot of ground, a lot
0: today. Of ground today. Co- covered a lot of ground today. Um, closing out the series, John. This Sunday, you are in classic. You are in classic and yes. Brian Morgan the aforementioned, is in Vine this and week. And you are in Alaska. And I am in Alaska. On Sunday, I will be in on Seattle. On your way right, to Alaska. Yeah, on, in, in, on, on Sunday, I'll be in Seattle. Um, and then we pick up, as, as we kind of previewed a little bit, we pick up, starting on July 2nd, a new series on Proverbs. I wonder if you just take take 30 seconds and kind of unpack what we're doing in the month of July. Of
1: Proverbs, um, so the Sunday services will be uh, whatever the day of the month is, like the July 2nd is the first Sunday in July so whatever the day of the month is that's the chapter number of the book of Proverbs yeah. that we will be in so July 2nd we're in chapter 2 of the book of Proverbs and mm-hmm. we've kind of, I've got picked you know six sections of out, of, out of out of even those chapters which is challenging in, more so than others in some and yeah. for more than others but the other thing that I would say to you is that um, there are 31 days in the month of July and there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs we're asking everybody listeners we're asking everybody to pick up your Bibles every single day and read one chapter per day, Proverbs. And you can never get lost in which chapter of the Book of Proverbs you're in. Let's look at the date because whatever the date is, that's the chapter that you're on. Yeah, it's a good practice. And not only that, uh, I said this to the to the services on Sunday. I can't remember if I said it online. Um, but they said it to the church on Sunday that um, anytime you come to a month that has 31 days in it and you feel like you're ready to be shaped by a little wisdom from God, hmm. make that a standard part of your spiritual practices. Yeah. Read the book of Proverbs. I've done it one I've, per day.
0: I've done it numerous times uh, myself because it is a good uh, it's a good practice. Proverbs is a challenging, is a challenging book in some ways. Uh, we'll talk about what a proverb is uh, over the course of this series and what it is not. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, so if you want to know what chapter, we're going to be preaching on in the month of July, just look at the
1: date. So, uh, and, we, and you, then this weekend is uh, we'll, we will have the Tim Tebow passage in here. The Tim Tebow passage, yeah, <laughs> the John, yeah. Or the, uh, the uh, Philippians four thirteen, four
0: thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, which is uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes radically taken out of context. I'm holding
1: one of Zach's twenty seven coffee mugs on his <laughs> on his desk right now. It says, "I can do all things through a verse taken out of context,"
0: which, which uh, Ed Dias and I talked a little bit about that coffee mug uh, the other day too but uh, it is it is a verse that is often taken out of context yeah. but we won't do that
1: on Sunday no, I'm no, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll get a running start into it so you'll hear it fully in context um, that's right and
0: John again is in uh, classic uh, Brian Morgan and Vine the, the following week when we kick off the series you will be in, in Vine, Vine. Yeah. and then uh, uh, we'll um, we have uh, Ed Ed, no, who's in Classic that week? Uh, I,
1: I, Josh, I think it's Josh. Josh, Josh. Josh
0: Schweitzer's in Classic, so a little bit of a different uh, mix, m- mixing things up a little bit, so it's going to be fun. Uh, John, as always, thank you for hanging out, and uh, if anyone's missed any one of our sermons in this series, or any of our series, you can head to fpclakeland.org, and go, go to the uh, worship page in the Sermon Archive tab to watch complete services. And uh, if you are interested, uh, we would love for you to uh, subscribe to Armchair Preaching on any one of your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. When you subscribe, you'll be notified when a new episode drops. You can like it and share it with your friends. Uh, we'll really, really be glad if you, you would do that. Again, John, thanks for hanging out for it's a little while. It's great to while. be here, everybody.
1: Good, good to, good to have, talk, and I hope, uh, hope it's been a good journey for you listeners as well.
0: And we'll be a couple of weeks off, but we'll be back um, in the armchairs uh, the week of probably july, of july the first full week in july, july i'll be back so, so yeah. i'll probably get you and josh in the armchairs for july 2nd Perfect. so we will, we'll all be together but thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll see everybody next time